it is on. It's really on. Um, if you want to go ahead and open, if you have your Bible with you or a Bible app, 2 Thessalonians 1, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11. We'll start in verse 11 here. Little moment of honesty. I forgot my actual like Bible Bible that I like do my morning stuff with, and I'm used to grabbing my phone and just doing it on the Bible app. So I'm using one of your pew Bibles. So if you're in a pew Bible, it's on page 1843. 1843. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11. It reads like this. Paul writes, With this in mind, we constantly pray for you, that our God may count you worthy of his calling. And that by his power, he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you for uh, your word, how it speaks to each one of us, how it influences our lives, how we take it and take it with us in our hearts so that our actions are affected with everybody that we come in contact with. God, I pray for this message today. I pray you give me a gift of teaching for the next few minutes so that I can, uh, so I can convey what you want to say to these people. God, I thank you for all that you do in our lives. I thank you for uh, your guidance, your directions, your loves, your grace, your mercy, and everything you've done through your son for us and your spirit living inside of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I want to get a couple elephants out of the room. First off, um, I apologize, kind of, not really. South Carolina fans, um, I'm a UK basketball fan, maybe one of the only here besides my father, um, and, and we kind of beat you pretty good. Now, I wore your colors, just not as like, not out of like a taunt. I really didn't even realize until I got here. But, um, but yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm sorry uh, for that, but UK is good, and just got to root for a team. So don't hold that against me. The second elephant in the room is, uh, as you've already guessed, and most of you, I- I'm not Pastor Mike. Um, so you should, you, you might know that. My name is Chris Ward. Uh, my parents are Bill and Sharon Ward. A uh, couple things I did. You, I was actually on staff here at Lakeside for a number of years, almost seven years, um, in the capacity of youth and children's director, and uh, also got to help lead worship. And this is not my first time in the pulpit, so don't get too scared. I, I have spoke before, but it has been a little while since I've been here. It's been a few years since um, I've spoke when Pastor Anthony was here, um, filled in every once in a while, uh, a couple times while uh, during his tenure. And uh, Pastor Mike's been great. I get to have lunch with him every once in a while. Um, it got to work with him and his family um, when they purchased the house and when they first got here last year and that kind of stuff. So um, great guy. But this is the first time, and, th- and this, this, this is exciting for me, n- probably not as much for you, but for me, um, that I'm filling in as, as, as a more experienced and seasoned speaker. <laughs> first time ever. I have never got to speak for somebody and fill in of somebody that I'm older than. <laughs> it's awesome. It's, uh, I've spoke, I've spoken, uh, um, and like I said, in background, I, I spoke here. I mean, I worked on staff here, so I got to preach here uh, for a number of years. Every once in a while, I was on staff at um, Seacoast Vineyard Church down in Myrtle Beach for about four years um, as a family pastor down there, and I got to fill in for Pastor Tim down there and um, some other uh, preaching staff, but I was always the youngest. I've, I've spoken Haiti. I've spoken Moldova um, and preached. I have never got to speak in place of somebody that I, old, that I am older than. So um, 
So I just feel like I carry this weight of responsibility, this weight of experience that Pastor Mike, I'm just kidding, I'm like two years older than him. Um, it's probably not enough. Um, but, but, it is, but it is kind of fun to, to, have, to have that uh, um, uh, that little kind of, until, my, until the reality of my age then just kind of hits me right now. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to keep going older, but anyway, it's all right, it's all right, we, we gain wisdom, um, and that kind of thing, so I'm not on staff at a church currently, I'm, I'm not, I'm not technically a pastor anymore, I like to think of myself as retired, uh, I'm, I retired from ministry, I, I, like I said, I was about seven years here, um, I got my master's degree at Liberty a Theological Seminary, and then, um, I was on four years, uh, um, four, we're at four or five years at Seacoast, I was volunteer staff for a while, uh, before I was actually on paid staff and that kind of stuff, and, and, and now I've kind of, you know, kind of moved out of pastoral church ministry for, for a little bit. So, so I kind of don't hold myself to the same standards a little bit. I I'm, might be a little bit more transparent. I, I have real-world problems like you guys probably do. I mean, I have family struggles, family issues. We all deal with, you know, we got kids and marriage and uh, work and stress and work-life balance and, um, you know, vices and all this kind of stuff that, that spoil alert, pastors have too. They're just better at hiding it. Um, a little bit, and <laughs> then they don't have to talk about it as much, but, but I'm, you know, I, I kind of feel like I'm just kind of regular, and I'm, I want to speak to you today about a message that, that actually can kind of, I think, apply to, to everybody, including myself. I'm speaking this as much to myself as I'm going to speak to you, and, and I kind of titled this message, Calling and Choice, Calling and Choice. See, as I grew up, I was, I, I was always kind of, like, kind of good at, at a lot of stuff. I picked up stuff easily, whether it was sports or grades or music or anything like that. Like, if I, if, if I tried it, I always kind of liked everything. I always kind of wanted to try everything, and I was able to pick it up pretty quickly. There's probably a lot of you guys like that. You know, you could pick up stuff maybe pretty quickly, kind of good at everything. But what I never did was I never excelled or was great at one thing. I just wasn't. Like, I never found that one thing that I was just really awesome at, that I was just great, and, like, I excelled, and I was better than everybody, and, you know, that was just my thing. I was kind of more spread around. I was more horizontal. Like, and it, and it helped, social circles, and got to meet a lot of, you know, people and different kinds of people growing up, and I was never just in one category. I was never just with the jocks or anything like that in sports. I was never just with the drama and art kids. I was never just with the music, singers, band, that kind of stuff. I was actually able to be pretty well-rounded and with everybody, um, and, I w and, I was, and, I, and I liked that. It, it, in fact, I maybe not liked it as much then, but it helps me out a lot now to, to kind of be... Uh, a jack of all trades, so to speak. But then it was kind of frustrating because I kept waiting for and kept trying things to be really good at something. Like I wanted to really excel. I felt like I, felt like I was going to finally find something that I could go, God, this is why you made me. This is what you've called me to. This is my thing that, that I'm, I'm just, I, I, I'm at the top of the mountaintop of. I'm, I'm, at, the, I'm at the peak of skill level to do this one thing, that this would be my calling. Didn't know what it was, so I, I guess I kept trying a lot of different things. And that's kind of how I defined calling, was waiting for that one thing that I was supposed to do in my life, that one singular purpose. And like many of us, maybe, in between the ages of like 18 and 28, 
when it comes to kind of our faith and we know we're 100% right about everything in this book, right? <laughs> you know, like, like we're not wrong about anything. Um, that's what I thought, and I, just, and I just kept waiting. I kept moving. I kept, I kept trying things to find that one singular calling. And then once I got kind of past that out of my 20s, I realized that maybe I was wrong. <laughs> maybe, maybe actually what wasn't uh, 100% right in my definition of calling. See, I think many times, many of us define calling this way. And see, and that's hard for me to say, because I'm a black and white person. My mom's the one who talks about the gray area. I'm, I'm a black and white. Like, I kind of want to be this or that, this or that, yes or no. I don't leave a lot of room for gray. And I feel like as I've gotten a little bit older, I've tried that a little bit more. A and, and maybe that's what Maybe when it comes to calling, at least how we define the word, maybe we need to allow God to give us a little room for gray. Because I think it's just another way of saying that God kind of expands our definition sometimes. Sometimes we want to lock it in, and it, got, it has to mean this to us. But God will say, well, here's what it actually means. Like, when you read all of this, here's what I'm actually kind of saying and you need to not get so locked in to think that you're 100% right, right, because I'm still God, and you're still not, so let me expand on what you think. I mean, uh, throughout your life, have you searched and, and, and tried to find that calling and, like, never found it? Or worse yet, maybe, maybe you did something, maybe you took an opportunity or you took a direction that you knew for certain was where God called you to, and it turned out as a failure, as it, it just it didn't work out how you had envisioned it in your head, and you felt for certain that God was calling you this direction, only to arrive and feel like, wait, this isn't it. This didn't happen the way I thought. God, where are you in this? Why did you lead me this way? And, and this all fall apart? Or, or the flip side. Maybe you did something and it succeeded. Maybe there was an opportunity, a job, a relationship. Maybe you moved in a direction and it was fruitful and it was really good. And maybe you didn't expect it. I want to say that maybe both those things on those two opposite ends of the spectrum were possibly choices that God blessed because you prayerfully considered it. You put it into his will. You included him and his call on your life as a whole, your faith relationship, your love relationship with him, and thus he blessed your choice and direction, or maybe you went a direction and it was a bad choice, and he was never the one pushing you that way in the first place. Maybe both of those instances were choice versus calling. Now, personally, I kind of think it's a both and. When I read this verse, if we go back to 2 Thessalonians, and let me say this is one of my favorite verses, and I didn't discover it until maybe about six, seven years ago. And when I say discover, I had read it, but it didn't jump out to me. 
And I think at that point, I was kind of contemplating a lot of decisions in my life of, like, things to do, what I was doing with my life. I was in ministry. I have a real estate company um, that I've had for 13 years. I've always kind of been bivocational. I've always kind of worked in a church. I've always had a real estate company. In the last couple years, I've started some different business ventures. I even got to write a small little book um, about my time here as a youth minister. Uh, as a youth minister. You can find it on Amazon. Go look. Um, but it was um, – I got to do a lot of different things, and again, this verse jumped out at me, and I realized that instead of searching for calling, maybe I need to make choices, but before I make it, include God's will and direction and purpose for my life overall before I make the choice, and then he will bless it if it's within those parameters. If it's within these parameters he talks about, you read the verse, it says, it says that they pray, Paul and his like ministry team, praying for the church in um, uh, the, the church of the Thessalonians in there, saying that God may count you worthy of his calling. We're going to come back to that. And that by his power, he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. Purpose of yours Every good purpose, that's an important word, and act prompted by your faith. One, are we making choices that are good in purpose? Good by God's definition, not ours, not for our benefit, but good by the definition of God, of what he says is good and pure and right. Are we doing it through him? with him in mind in the very first place of every choice that we make, every act that we're prompted to, every opportunity that we have, is it good from God's perspective of good, not ours? And is it prompted by our faith, by our relationship with him, by our trust in him? Is it something that we need to rely, that he needs to be a part of? That's an act prompted by faith. If you can do it on your own, it might not be prompted by your faith, something you might want to think about. An act prompted by your faith means you have to rely on the relationship that you have with God and his son, Jesus Christ, for it to come to fruition. Is it good, and is it prompted by your faith? Which means you're probably going to have to talk with God through prayer. You're probably going to have to check in with him and make sure that this choice and opportunity or this relationship or whatever it is that you want to walk towards is within his will is within the parameters of what he says is good and right and part of the relationship. And then he'll say, oh, bless that. Go do it. He wasn't defining what it is. He wants you to define it, but put it into the bubble of, okay, does this fit with something that God would direct me to do? He might not tell you exactly what to do. He's just going to tell you how to look at it before you go do it, which is through his eyes. Now, before that, Paul says, may God count you worthy of his calling. So a lot of times I want to think about calling as, like, am I called to be a preacher, for example? Am I called to be a musician, a career calling? Am I called to marry this person? Am I called to take this job? Am I called to go overseas on this mission trip? 
to be a full-time missionary overseas? What's my specific calling? And a lot of times we ask God, what's my calling? And sometimes this comes down to definition of calling. And I'm not saying that you have a wrong definition. I'm not saying that, you know, when, when preachers talk about calling, that they all have a wrong definition. But I just want to maybe expand our minds and look at what I believe Scripture talks about when it talks about calling. And I think it talks about calling in more broad terms than what we like to, to have. Because we kind of want God to say, Chris, do this. Like, do this thing, and then this will happen. And then when that happens, you'll be able to do this. And then when you get to the end of the road, this is all going to happen for you. You're going to be good. And I'm like, yes, I like strategy. I like plans. But I don't think God works that way a lot. I think God's calling on our life is the calling he has for all believers. There's a, there's, a, there's a movie called Evan Almighty. I don't know if you've seen it or not, and I'm not necessarily, you know, um, advocating to go see the movie or that kind of stuff, but it's kind of funny. Um, but there's this, there's this line in the movie, and this media reporter is asking Evan, he says, what makes you so special? What makes you think that God called you to do this thing that he's doing in the movie? And Evan goes, he called all of us. He did. God called all of us to this journey. God called, and I think, I think Paul gives us, gives us a little bit of a, of a hint here. If you read back, and remember, when you read these books of the Bible, you've got to read them in, in letter form. You've got to take the whole. Remember, these were originally letters. They weren't split into chapters or verses. So, so you've got to kind of pull context by reading the whole thing and then maybe come back to a part of it to kind of see what parts mean to the whole. And before we get to verse 11, Paul's talking to the church as a whole, and in verse 3 he says, we ought to always thank God for you. We've got to thank God for you. You know why why we're always thanking God for you? Do you know why, Thessalonians, why we're always thanking God for you? Because you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. He says your faith is growing, your relationship with God, your journey with Jesus is growing more and more, and the love you have for each other is also increasing. And then I'm going to transfer, and then at the end, remember at the end of, uh, it goes from 11 to 12, and it says, right after he says every deed, um, every act prompted by your faith, we pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you. We want Jesus to be glorified in you. Your faith is growing. Your love's increasing. And all this to say that everything you do, we want God to be glorified. See, when I read through Scripture, when I read through the New Testament, even the Old Testament, it seems like calling can be a little bit more generalized for believers and people and followers of God as faith, love, and the glorification of God. See, when, when I look at calling, I see this, that, that if your faith is growing, that's good. God wants, you, wants that to happen. If your love is increasing for others, that's good. God wants that to happen. And that everything you do is to glorify him. God definitely wants that to happen. That what if that's the calling of all of us? What if that is how we can define calling? Now, that can be good and bad. 
because because one it's it, it leaves a lot of room for us to do a lot of things and also feel like maybe we didn't miss a calling somewhere because if calling is about our faith increasing and our love increasing and everything we do glorifying God then that that's that's the criteria that's that's how we define what our call is as a church as an individual as believers in God is to increase our faith, increase our love, and increase every deed that we do to glorify God, then that, that, there's a lot of things we can do. As long as we, we have that worldview, that perspective, that God's eye view of perspective in everything that we do. Because I feel like, I feel like every time I read through Scripture that that's what Paul t- tells the churches, that's what he's always thankful for when he's praying for them, not just this letter, other letters, that that's, that's what Jesus wanted us to do, a better relationship with him and better love for others. Didn't he say that was a summation, of the golden rule, the summation of the whole law, the prophets, all the Old Testament could be summed up in loving your God and loving others, growing your relationship of faith, and then having that translate into loving everybody around you? What if that's the call? What if it's not so narrow that we like to put on it that I, I want to know what God's call on my life is? I want to know what, what, his, what his purpose is just for Chris. And he's like, the purpose is the same as for Chris. It's for you. It's for my kids. It's to grow in faith, grow our love for each other, and then everything you do, do it as a glorification of God, as an act of worship to him. See, to me, that sounds more like God. That sounds more like what Jesus would be pointing his people to, is don't get so consumed with the micro, but let's look at the macro picture of this and think that God might want all of us, all believers, to act in growing faith, growing love, and glorifying him. And that would put us all on the same page, and I feel like we might get a lot more accomplished that way. Another reason that I think we might get more accomplished that way is because if that's our macro view calling, then our choices become a little bit easier, easier in the regard of this, that as long as it's all about him, I can kind of do whatever and not feel like I'm doing something wrong or that I'm doing something outside of the design plan for my life. That I have the free will and the choice to make my decisions on career, family, relationships, where I go, what I do, as long as I'm growing in faith, growing in love, and what I'm about to do is going to glorify God in, in, in some manner, that then he will, God, will bless it, and he will fulfill every good purpose of mine and every act prompted by my faith. That leaves the table wide open. That also means that we didn't miss out. It means no matter where you're at in life, eight years old or 80, that your calling still stands 
and that you can still make choices starting today that will fulfill God's call on your life and that you can still leave legacy and purpose of your Christian life for the people around you by making choices that are good and prompted by your faith. That may mean in this building, in this church, that may mean in your family, that may mean taking a trip across the ocean, that may mean taking that job opportunity that you weren't sure about if God really wants you to do it. If it's for something that you can bring glory to him, if you can live your life, if you can shine and be a light, if your faith can increase, if your love can grow for others, if it's an opportunity of any sort that you've consulted and checked and, and checked in with God and said, God, this is how I'm living. Your macro view calling is how I want to live my life. I, I think I want to go do this thing or pursue this relationship that I feel like Scripture's saying, I'll bless it. It's a good thing prompted by your faith. You make the choice and stay within the bubble of calling, this calling you can take with you. It's the same I have for all my children, all my believers. Everybody that calls himself a follower of Christ, I think Jesus wants us to increase our faith, increase our love, and glorify God. It opens the door. It gets you out of the zone of ah, doubt. I don't, I don't think that's what God's purpose is for me. Really? Because are you, are you talking about like you don't think that 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 choice is a purpose that he has for you because I'm pretty sure his purpose is kind of for all believers and this is his purpose and you get to make the choice now if the choice is a bad choice we just read good choices <laughs> a good deed yeah don't do that bad thing that's probably not within the the call of increased faith increased love and glorifying God but if that's the only thing I got to check off of those three things I think God did that on purpose to leave it wide open for us to pursue choices without feeling that we're limited because we missed that one singular calling or that we can't find that one singular calling in our life. The only singular calling is Jesus. I think everything else can be attributed to choices we make using our faith and relationship our love and our glorification of God as our list to go by when we make a choice. See, and this was, this was a release to me because, for example, there's a lot of mission opportunities out there in the world. And a lot of times I would think, which one is the one I'm supposed to do? One thing that would do is limit me from making any choice if I keep just thinking and waiting for God to tell me which one of those Christian ministry opportunities was the one I'm supposed to do. I'm just going to wait and listen for God to tell me which one. And thus, I do none of them. But I think there, when I read this, I say this lightly, and I say it kind of generalistically, kind of a general statement. It doesn't matter. He wants me to act. 
He wants me to do. Not what to do, do. Do anything that is prompted by my faith. Do anything where I'm showing his love to others. Do anything that's going to bring him glory. I'm not waiting for him to tell me specifically what to do. He's waiting on me to do so he can bless it. A little reversal of what most of us think, what our culture believes and what us as believers believe. He is waiting on us to do. And yet we sit and wait for him to tell us. And he's like, I already did. And I'll keep telling you. Okay, read this. I'll keep telling you. And that words don't change. <laughs> Same for a couple thousand years. I don't know how else to say it to you. Oh, that, that was God talking. <laughs> I'll say it to you. He keeps saying it. Ask. Every deed prompted by your faith. Every good desire that you have, do it. You've been called for faith, love, and glorifying me. So if there's something that fits in that, you don't, and if there's five things that fit in that, there's ten things that fit in that, there's twenty, there's two hundred things that fit in that, do one of them. Don't wait and keep asking, which one should I do? I promise they're all good. I promise, I promise. Chris Ward is promising, based on what I study with Scripture, that I believe that God will bless every good deed and act prompted by your faith. And the reason I promise that is because that's what I read and hear, and I believe that's what he says he is promising each one of us. And it all started with this call and choice. It's an interesting cycle, and I'll end with this. I was thinking the other day, and, and again, th now this is Chris talking more than, than maybe God talking, but, but I was just kind of thinking how interesting the cycle is of calling and choice, choice and calling. And I know it's all semantics, and I know you can define words different ways, so this is just kind of how I'm viewing it and how I've kind of grown up with the definition of, of a calling and, and choices that we make. See, this is a cycle I sing. Let's see if this speaks to anybody. See, when we sinned, or when we let sin enter the world, when humans did that, God had a choice. It's already made because it's in God's time. He exists outside of time and that kind of stuff. But I view it as this. God had a choice. Scratch it, start over. Like, wipe everything out of existence. Done. You let sin in, boom. This whole galaxy, everything, everything you just created and that was good and good and good on seven di uh, six days that's on seven he could just blank blank start over or the choice he made was a redemptive plan of salvation for his creation so god started with a choice that he chose to put this plan into motion through thousands of years to rescue mankind and he did this through his son, Jesus Christ, coming to earth. Jesus, God incarnate, God in human form, Emmanuel, God with us, came to earth. And at that point, 
He called us. God's choice put Jesus here to redeem. Jesus comes to earth to call people towards himself. Jesus did his thing. Message of God, message of salvation, message of forgiveness and mercy and grace, calling people to him all the way to sacrificing his life, dying on a cross, which had to be done. But conquering death, raising again, so that we knew it didn't end with martyrdom, but it ended with eternal life. He called us, thus giving us, at that point, a choice. That choice to accept what he had done for us, or not to. After that, when we make that choice to accept God, his son, what he did, and his spirit to come and live inside of us, now we must respond again to a calling of God. And on the macro level, level that calling, once we've accepted and made that choice and we've accepted him into our lives, now we have a call again in our lives to follow him, to build a relationship, faith, to do what Jesus said, love God, love others, love, and to make our lives a living sacrifice, that's from scripture, to him, to glorify God in everything that we do. And now, if we answer that call, all of our choices from that moment on are to be affected and to be made in light of that call. And the cycle just keeps going. Call and choice, call and choice. We answer the call, we make our choices. Our choices reflect the call that we've answered. They go hand in hand. We don't need to worry about separate distinctions of understanding what these two things mean because they really go together. It's really more of a both and. It's a more gray area than a lot of us like to admit. And so my question to you today is where are you at? Do you need to answer a call? Jesus' son calling to you to accept him into your life, to accept the spirit into your life. The call of salvation, the call of eternal relationship with him, the call of faith and love that he showed for us and then wants us to demonstrate in our lives. Do you need to accept the call? Or maybe do you need to start making choices that are in reflection of the macro call of God, faith, love, and glorification of who he is, and making choices every day using those guidelines, they're not many, to start living a bigger purpose for God. You didn't miss it. You can start right now. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. I thank you for the call in our lives.
it really is the same. And it's amazing how you weave together the choices we make into a bigger purpose, this long story of yours. And you weave all these choices we make that is prompted by our faith and prompted through goodness and prompted by our love for you and our love for people. And you weave all these choices into a master plan. And you sit back and you just look at it and you're like, that's the tapestry of what I want. But to do so, you need people to be okay to take the risk, take the chances, take, make choices that maybe they didn't hear a specific voice saying, do this thing but they did it out of an act of faith and prompted by the goodness that they know you want in their lives and for others. I pray each one of us takes those steps every single day, no matter where we're at, to do choices prompted by our faith and prompted for the good of you, to glorify your name and your son through the spirit living inside of us so that our faith grows more and more and our love for others and each other can grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, they're going to come up and do the hymn. Our hymn of preparation today is I Need Thee Every Hour. We do need God every hour. And before we sing, I just want to personally say I thank Chris for accepting the choice and making the choice of being able to minister to us today. So thank you, Chris. Thanks. Would you